a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Special coverage on Inside Sources. Well, we are continuing to watch how that control of Congress is actually going to play out. And uh, as we've been following all through the night last night and into the early morning hours, and now it's going to just keep rolling on as we uh, anticipated and predicted. Election Day has turned into Election Week. We still have a number of races that will likely not get called for the next few days. And then, of course, it's actually going to be Election Month because we will be watching all eyes on the state of Georgia between now and December the 6th uh, when they have their runoff election uh, for that critical Senate seat between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. And this is going to be an interesting one to watch. I think that race is going to uh, garner a lot of money, which it already has. Uh, We'll talk about that a little later in the show. It is a massive amount, and it's going to get worse. Uh, The poor people of the state of Georgia are going to have to endure uh, so much uh, in terms of negative advertising, all the things that that we complained about here in Utah. And I would just remind everybody, we had about $30 spent uh, on a Senate race here in the state of Utah, and Georgia had about $274 Uh, on their Senate race, and they're going to see another $180 million or more spent over the next four weeks alone. So uh, they're really in for some brutal uh, advertising blitzes going on there in the state of Georgia. But we'll continue to watch that. Obviously, that's going to be a a real key. As we've been covering, uh, Ron Johnson uh, was declared the winner this morning uh, in the early morning hours in Wisconsin. That was a very close uh, race there. Uh, That ended up going and being a hold for the Republicans. Mark Kelly is currently leading Blake Masters in Arizona by about five points. And I, I think I think he's got enough of a cushion there to, to ride that all the way in. Uh, we'll continue to watch it. Uh, that would be a hold for the Democrats. Mark Kelly's the incumbent there in Arizona. And then uh, in our other uh, bordering state, in Nevada, you've got Adam Laxalt, uh, who is in the lead over incumbent uh, Catherine Cortez Masto uh, by about two and a half percent in that Senate race. So if you extrapolate that out just a little bit, if Laxalt wins and flips the seat in Nevada, Mark Kelly holds Arizona, that would give you a composition in the Senate of 50 Republicans, 49 Democrats, all eyes turn to Georgia. So that's sort of how it is all shaping up. And if you feel like this is deja vu all over again, it's because it's deja vu all over, all over again. Uh, We're back to Georgia just as it was in 2020 with a runoff election to determine the balance of power in the United States Senate. So we will watch all of that. I think it's going to be very difficult for Herschel Walker uh, to win a solo head-to-head battle uh, against Raphael Warnock uh, on December the 6th. And... So the reason I say that twofold, you had an independent candidate 
Yeah, in Georgia, that was garnering about 2%, the vote 1.9% to be exact. And I think a good chunk of those votes are likely to go uh, to Warnock. Uh, I also think that Herschel Walker benefited from Governor Kemp, the Republican, uh, who really ran a great campaign uh, and defeated soundly uh, Stacey Abrams. Uh, Many expected that to be a very close governor's race, uh, but uh, Governor Kemp uh, really uh, won in a significant way in that race, and that certainly helped uh, uh, Mr. Walker down ballot. He will not have that kind of help rolling into December 6th. Now, one of the interesting things that we're going to have to watch is voter fatigue. Uh, People are exhausted already. Uh, Now you're telling Georgia voters you got to do this one more time with feeling, And that's a tough ask, especially as you roll past Thanksgiving and into the first week of December Uh, to get people out to vote the first week of December. uh, That's that's a tough thing. And so it's going to be how good are the operations, the strategy, the structure, the disciplines of the campaign rolling into December the 6th. Uh, I think Mr. Warnock has a much better machine in place in terms of how to do that and what to do to get out the vote to make sure that all those people actually are showing up uh, and mailing in their ballots or showing up on Election Day. Uh, I don't know that the Herschel Walker camp has all of the structure and disciplines in place uh, to actually pull all of that off. So that will be a uh, that will be a big test, I think, in that one. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I think in the end, where do we end up? Right where we started, 50-50 Senate, I think, is is where we end up. And, of course, that would keep uh, the majority Democrats. Uh, Chuck Schumer would continue to be the majority leader with uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris, casting the deciding vote as the president of the Senate. And so I think that's sort of where we're headed there. Now, as we look at the House races, uh, there are just a whole lot that are still yet to be counted. So it's a it's a little tricky to to do all the math in terms of how this is going to play out. You have some districts uh, that are uh, in places like California, where you expect that blue wall to hold very, very strong. You have some interesting flip possibilities. Connecticut's fifth district is one that I've been keeping my eye on uh, that I think could be an interesting indicator uh, so if you look at all of the uh, prognostication as it relates to the House, uh, I think it could be anywhere from almost evenly divided, 218 to 217. Wouldn't that be something uh, one way or the other? Uh, most likely, I think the Republicans take control of the House and they may have a, a seat or two to spare, but not a lot. It's not going to be a, a big wave. It's not going to be any kind of uh, mandate kind of issue in the House of Representatives. Uh, and so we'll uh, we'll continue to track all of that. And this, this is going to take a week. Uh, no question about it as it comes to the House. There are just some of these districts in some of these places, Pennsylvania's 6th and 7th districts. Uh, Pennsylvania's just going to take a long time to get the rest of those votes uh, tallied up and uh, put to bed. And so that will be interesting. 
Uh, there's also some interesting things that will play out as it relates uh, to 2024. Yes, we have to speak about 2024. President uh, Trump, former president, uh, has said that uh, on November the 15th, he is going to make a significant announcement. Uh, many are anticipating that's relating to a 2024 run. It's also interesting to look at in terms of President Biden. Uh, I think there were many, I know there were many on the Democratic side who were prepared if this was a red wave election to say, okay, that's it. We need the president to declare he's not going to run in 2024 so we can start that process and uh, get our selection of a candidate rolling and going. Uh, With this kind of hold in the Senate uh, and a very closely divided House, Uh, I think President Biden can make the case. I told you I was okay. Voters said we're okay. Uh, So I'm going to go. Uh, And so it's an interesting thing. I know I know many Democratic strategists who it's sort of like when your football team is really bad. And so you're really hoping that they kind of lose the next couple of games so that the coach gets fired and you get somebody new and you kind of get that chance to to turn things over, get some fresh blood in there, some new leadership. Uh, But then the team goes on a roll. And even though they still miss the playoffs, uh, they still don't have any significant victories. They just win enough, and it gives the coach another season. And I know there are Democratic strategists who were kind of okay of, look, if we're going to lose the House anyway, uh, might be better to lose a little bigger and, and then have a real overhaul in terms of leadership with the president, the Speaker of the House, uh, and on down the list. And so I know that's an interesting thing to, to think about is uh, is winning just enough enough for the Democrats. And that will be part of their debate and their conversations inside of their caucus. Uh, as Mark Thiessen said uh, earlier in the program, uh, the Republicans have some real soul searching to do uh, in a, a wave election at a midterm that historically proves to be good for the party out of power uh, and with all the dynamics of a president with low approval race, rating, high inflation, gas prices, uh, crime problems, on down the list, uh, that still, uh, voters said, will pass. Uh, that should cause the Republicans to have a different kind of conversation in their caucus. And we'll watch how that plays out as well. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're actually going to take a look at how the midterms will actually impact President Biden's chances as well as some of the other leadership contests, especially on the Democratic side. Coming up next, stick around. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade, Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 